What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm your host, Josh. With me is Kevin and Justin. Tonight, we'll discuss the Hounds' disappointing nil-nil draw against the Independents. We'll see if we can uncover any positives from that match. And we'll talk a little bit about the Rowdies coming to town on Wednesday. All right, gentlemen, here we go. Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that, that is no, the does. craziest sequence of events we've seen in, a, in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Up to the middle, back to Kerr. All right, as you can tell, uh, I am not Mike. I am hosting the podcast because, according to Mike, he has to go to a parent-teacher conference. <laughs> but I want to point out, he homeschools his kids. So I'm pretty sure he's lying to us. So many and questions. he just didn't want to talk about this match. So many questions. Yeah, no, I, I guess that, what, is, is he having, like, a sit-down with each one of his kids in, like, a private room and going over performance? I, kind of, I really hope that's the case. Um, no, it's a parent-teacher conference, not a parent-teacher-student conference. He's at a bar by himself <laughs> talking to himself right now. I that's didn't really, yeah, you're right. You're completely <laughs> you're right. Your kiddo is not very well behaved. I wonder whose fault that is. Do, do you think he has to like right. dress up for this? Like he, he, you know, he like suit and tie for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the parent teacher conference. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you two decided to come on the podcast and not ditch it like Mike has. Um, Justin, you were at the game, I believe, right? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get into it, but uh, you know, all right. Yeah, okay, let's just get into it. I was going to do some catch-up and like talk to you guys about stuff, but I realized Kevin's just going to talk about a scratching pole or something like that. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to get into the match. Uh, so Hounds draw nil-nil with Charlotte Independence. Um, there was a red card in that match. It was against Charlotte. Uh, I believe we played over 30 minutes uh, with Charlotte being down a man. Uh, want to point out Charlotte is also in 11th place at the time of this match and we're in second place and uh, that this was at home for the rounds so with all those in mind I'm just going to throw it away takeaways Kevin why don't you go ahead and start us out I feel like you're leading the witness here Josh I feel like Maybe you're, a little. you're creating a narrative <laughs> that, that you want me to talk about um no yeah I mean with all those kind of facts laid out absolutely I mean it's, it's something that as a fan you're, you're, you know, you're disappointed that we don't get the three points, and, and reasonably so. But I think at the same time, you know, I, I, I would be hard-pressed to say that we played poorly. I think, like, at worst, you can say we had an average game. I mean, we, we had a lot of chances. Um, you know, Nico almost set us off and within, like, you know, three or four minutes. Um, felt like Greenspan had, like, three header opportunities off of corners. It's still kind of crazy that he hasn't gotten a goal yet this year, seeing these, like, 6-6 six, six and, and big in the air. Um, and we had a lot of corners this game, too. So, it was, yeah, I mean, it, it felt like maybe there was less kind of clear-cut chances and more of, like, just eight or nine half chances that you would feel just eventually one of them would go in. But at the same time, you know, I, I remember, especially at the end of the game, when, when Charlotte's down to 10 men, um, I remember multiple times where every single one of Charlotte's players was in their own 18, uh, 18 yard box. Like that's, that's just really hard to do anything with, um, you know, especially at this level. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they didn't make it easy for us. Um, you know, the three points would have been nice, especially on a weekend where, uh, um, Cincy and Charleston are playing each other. Um, but 
you know, the point the point does something. I feel like um, you know, Kirk gets his first start and his first shutout, which is positive. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stop talking there and, and <laughs> save details later. All right, Justin, what are some of your takeaways? I was gonna say, man, we just wrapped up the whole match there. I feel like I could, I don't even have to say anything now. <laughs> I have, a, I have a tendency to do that. No, he don't forgot to first. mention the fact that we had seventy-two percent of possession and still didn't <laughs> score. But you know, go ahead, you go ahead. Uh, tell, tell me what you thought about the match. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm not as, I'm not as disappointed that like we didn't score in the last thirty minutes of the match. I think, like you said, Kev, like we, I mean, we they were packing it in. I mean, it's so hard to score when you've got 18, you know, when you've got 18 people in the box, um, 11 of them being Charlotte players, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to do anything at that point. But um, I think before that, I mean, we had several clear cut chances, you know, Nico and, um, you know, several other people had clear cut chances on goal. I think, um, you know, Cristiano put three or four right in the goalie's hands pretty easily. And, I think so. I mean, it's not that we didn't have chances before that that we could have actually scored in the game. Um, but I think, I mean, overall, I mean, I think my biggest takeaway was Kirk gets a shutout. I thought he was good on the night. I thought he was commanding in the air, um, was able to command his box pretty well. I mean, I'm sure he was getting help from, you know, a pretty top-line defense with, um, you know, with uh, Greenspan, Roberts, and Van Kazeel. You know, he's getting a lot of help that way. So I feel like it was, I mean, it was good, good that he got that. Um, yeah, I just wish we would have put one away on the night. But he, he, he has, has some, he has some swagger about him too. I mean, he like does, he, he does. like he does. It's, it's especially it's like it's not it's not easy, like being I don't know to me on on the TV, he looks like significantly shorter than Greenspan, and I feel like there has to be some kind of like psychological thing when you're the goalkeeper and you look over at your defender like crap he's he's much bigger than me um but <laughs> but no he I thought, I thought he played really well he you know first first start really oh what he he played an open cup game but I, like even in his previous teams like he he hasn't played much like and no. and to, to be able to come in to a side that's second in the east right now you know playing really well and and kind of putting that performance it was really impressive yeah, he uh, he hasn't played much, but I, I also felt like this game, he was largely untested for most of it. He did have, like I would say, like three saves that were, were clutch. I mean, they were good. It's not like he did nothing and just, you know, kind of just stood back there kicking dirt. But he he definitely was not as tested as could be, especially since how, like we're talking about with Charlotte, especially when they went down, man, they parked this bus majorly. Um, I will say like they probably had like what like five in the back for the longest time yeah like during the last part and like it's it's hard to score against someone who's packed in like that and i I don't feel like we've really been tested that way very often we're usually playing in scenes who are trying to score and you know that that opens it up a little bit so it it just wasn't our going our way at this time yeah go ahead on that i mean like yeah, he wasn't tested, but like he didn't allow himself to be tested either. There was a lot of crosses that were put in the box that he was jumping up and pulling them out of the air. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, if the, any of those go through, then there's a header back on net or, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe the defenders have them. But, I mean, there was a couple, you know, I remember one specifically where I thought Hugh was going to get clocked again um, by one of our goalkeepers. You know, he jumped up and pulled it almost off of Hugh's head. Um, and I thought just plays like that you know he wasn't allowing himself to get tested either you know he wasn't waiting for the balls to come in and and make a save you know he was going and getting them out of the air so 
Yeah, especially on that play too. Yeah, like when he when he came and collected it from from you. You know, he yeah, Hugh knocked into him and he still held it coming down. Like a yeah. lot of those instances, you can kind of get a knock from your center back and the ball spills out and something happens. But um, no, I thought he, yeah, in the in the moments that he had to be tested, I thought he he stood up to it. Um, Josh, going back to your point about like how defensive they were, I, to me, I think it was obvious. This this was one of the first times this season. Now, I'm sure it's happened before, but it was this was one of the first kind of visual examples for me, where, I mean, from from the first whistle, I was like, oh, okay, we're we're playing a team that has come to Pittsburgh and has you know would have taken a point from the first whistle. I, I don't I don't to me th- there wasn't much of an intention for for Charlotte to. You know, look, every, every team is going to say, you know, we'll have two or three chances in the game, and if we take them, then anything can happen. But at the same time, I think if they're realistic with themselves, for me, how, how Charlotte set up, I think it was obvious that they were happy just just frustrating us and, and walking away with the point. And it's, it's something really unfamiliar, right, for, for as long as we've been doing this podcast. Um, I don't think any team has ever been happy just to get a point against the Hounds. And so this is kind of a new feeling. Um, and it, yeah, I don't know. That might introduce some kind of growing pains and expectations as far as like from a fan perspective. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. It's also kind of interesting that Charlotte has always kind of been our Achilles heel. Uh, we've played them eight times. We've never beat them. Uh, we've drawn three times now with them and we've lost five. That's incredible. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think, cause I don't ever think of Charlotte as being like, oh man, Charlotte's coming in. We got to watch out. It's. I still, to this day, think, like, oh, Charlotte, we should be able to beat them. We haven't done that yet. <laughs> I mean, granted, our teams in the past have not been as good as this team. Uh, but we do have another opportunity. Uh, September 29th, we play them again. So hopefully we can finally, you know, get a win against Charlotte. Would be really nice. Any other takeaways from this match for you know, either one of you? Yeah, I thought, um, I mean, I think it was the first night that I really felt like Nico was off. I mean, it just, I mean, there were several just very clear, clear cut chances. Um, you know, I think of the one kick save that um, the keeper made there. And it's just like, if he chips that ball at all, or, you know, goes into the side netting like he normally does, um, keeper doesn't save that one. Um, and so it was, that was a little bit disappointing of like, you realize, I mean, people, as good as he's been all season, you know, there's going to be nights where he's a little bit off, where he's not putting him the ball's exactly where he wants to, but like, this was just not good. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, and th- th- there was uh, there was moments too where usually he he would put himself in the position to make the play, like, like you were saying. So it wasn't even necessarily just missed chances with Nico. I remember especially later on in the game. Can't remember. I, I think it might have been Ray Lee who swung on a cross, and it was it was like it was a perfect cross, and and you're just begging Nico to get on the end of it, and it. It felt like he just kind of like stutter stepped for a second and then kind of didn't throw his body at it and it just whizzed past everyone. And you're thinking like, how the heck did he not get on the end of that? Like he's, he's been doing that all season. Um, yeah, he definitely kind of fell off in this one. Um, another point I kind of wanted to talk about, I thought the, uh, I don't know, I, you, can, you can pull me out of this thread whenever you want. But I've, I've, lately I've been pretty interested in the kind of formations and the tactical setups that we've been kind of rolling out especially at home especially against teams maybe lower down lower down the table I think you know in the past especially at home we've had we have had a back four and been a bit more kind of aggressive and I thought in this game it was it was just a bit odd because what Charlotte mainly played with one striker 
And when you do that and still play three center backs, you know, you, there's usually kind of an extra man just sitting there in defense. Like, you know, it, so if, if you play like a, yeah, with, with one striker, then, you know, two, two central defenders, one kind of, you know, kind of occupies them and the other one sweeps up behind them or whatever. Um, when you have three, it's just kind of like a wasted man um, that you could be using more in the, in the midfield or, or in the forward um, positions. And you know, it could have even been as simple as just, all right, Von Gizio, don't sit in the back three, just move further up. Um, and along that same line, I thought Davo kind of went missing in this game. I think generally he's a pretty good player, yeah. um, but he he was he kind of played this position of. I, I, I mean, it, to me, he was kind of like the lone central defensive midfielder, um, and you kind of had what Forbes, Francois, and um, Zemanski on this kind of more attacking midfield role. And I, I don't know. I, I think Dabo for me is more of a kind of ball-winning midfielder rather than like a playmaker. Um, so a lot of the times, sometimes like passes would kind of go through him, and it didn't really make a lot of sense. I would almost have liked to see like Zemanski maybe in that role because um, I think the game can maybe move a bit too quick for Zemanski sometimes in those areas. Um, but but yeah. So I, I was just I'm interested to hear both of your thoughts on the decision to kind of go back three again, and maybe even Vonkyzi on the middle of it. And play Dabo, you know, generally a more defensive player in a home match where Charlotte never really looked like they wanted to do much. Yeah, it was weird, especially because of the fact that, like, I think it was, oh, when did Parks come in? He came in, like, really late, 85th minute. So when Parks comes in, it looks like that's what we did. We kind of, we didn't act as defensively but it's the 85th minute at that point like and they're down to 10 wait yeah yeah like they're already down a man and it's the 85th minute i felt like that should that should have been a sub that was made in like the 60th minute um or you know even the 75th i would have been a lot happier with it It just seemed odd to do it at the 80th minute um it's kind of to your point that we didn't need that that extra man in the back yeah i um yeah and i really noticed it yeah, probably about the five minutes before Romeo came on the field, I thought we were playing, and even when Canardo dropped back into that holding midfielder kind of playmaker role, I I felt like he was even just kind of too soft in that position. It was like, go put a ball in a dangerous area and everything, and it was like he was almost playing from the center circle that whole time. I could remember him stepping on the ball and bringing it back into the middle center of the circle and just kind of going side to side in the center circle. And I'm like, a lot of times I feel like you can't make a play from there because you're putting a ball directly over the top where the striker's having to kind of look over his shoulder and not really seeing the ball as well. When you swing one in from outside the center circle, then the striker can actually keep an eye on the ball the whole time and then put it on frame. So I thought that was a little bit weird and I thought that was kind of a bad positioning from him. I also don't really like that combination of Dabo and Zemanski. I feel like they're both... A little bit weaker so I'd like to see like Canardo or Tommy V kind of with one of them to try to open the game up a little bit more um, I feel like that's a little bit stronger in that position but like like you said like I would like to see us in some of these games where we're playing bottom of the table teams like I want to see us like go for it like put four in the back and just go for it because I feel like we have the talent and in the times that we've even seen like Romeo and Nico together like they're dynamic together um, and so why not just put them out there together and just go for it with a back four? Because you've got good defenders in Hugh Roberts and, and uh, you know, Joe Greenspan. And it's like, just play them, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you can... I think, I think it's kind of crazy. 
that Mike is going to miss out not being on this podcast when I make this comment. But crazily enough, I, I think we were kind of maybe missing Kerr. Uh, there and, it uh, is. There <laughs> it is. All right. Yeah, I agree with and, you, actually. And the attacking midfielder. Because I, I think maybe like a, a, an easy kind of switch you could have made was, like I said, I, I think Zemanski would have been more suited to that kind of Daba role in this game in particular when maybe we had a bit more possession. Um, and... Yeah, I, I think Kerr with the with like Francois to his left, Forbes to his right, and Brett uh, Brett ahead of him, I think would have really thrived in a game like this. Um, where I mean, because that's the other thing. I mean, I, I think you know, I think Francois had a pretty decent game, but I think you know Charlotte was never they were never they were never holding on to the ball for long periods of time. They were never attacking. I think for long periods of time, and so. They were always kind of well set up and well structured, so you you were never going to really get a lot of opportunities to kind of run in behind them. So you kind of needed a lot more players that maybe were a bit more comfortable, like kind of on the ball and making very precise passes. And like I didn't think we were going to beat Charlotte with speed necessarily for this game. I think you needed someone to kind of unlock the door a bit more. Like I thought Forbes had actually had a really good game um, for the majority of the game. Um, I thought him and uh, Dover I think linked up really well um, along the right side of the field, but but yeah, and so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm now I'm kind of getting off topic here. But yeah, I, I think because I was even I was watching the game and thinking, okay, who can we bring on, you know, in the midfield three to kind of bolster the attack? And there's not there's not much. I mean, I like you know like because you know Parks is a striker. Um, you're not going to play him in the midfield. I mean, Chin, you you might be able to pull off playing Chin in the midfield. Um, but or or maybe even dropping Brett back and, and pulling Chin or, or Parks in for a more attacking role. But um, but yeah, I, it, I think Kerr would have been a very natural substitution in this game, and just unfortunately wasn't there. Yeah, and like uh, so, kind of going over to the other team real fast. I don't know if he was as annoying watching on the feed, but seeing him live, Martinez. Oh my God, Martinez! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was like the heel of the match. I wanted him to get a card so bad. He yeah. kept on just like picking on the ref almost. Like I, I couldn't believe the ref was taking it. He was in his face the whole game, and he was even slapping his uh, the hands away of the assistant ref uh, on the sideline. I was like, how does this guy not have a card? Yeah. He just wouldn't shut up. Yeah. And somehow, sure. even though he was talking a lot of crap and. They were wasting a lot of time in the first half. They only gave them one minute of stoppage time. I, I don't know. So, some of those bothered me a lot more than it probably should have. <laughs> was he but, their uh, captain? No, he wasn't. He wasn't even their captain. Yeah. Uh, Duckett was their captain. And, and, like, so, like, Martinez has no right to be in any of these conversations, but he's just sticking himself into all of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> For sure. Um, one thing that uh, we did find out through an interview uh, that um, Lily did with Mark Madden is that it looks like Dan Lin's going to be out. He has a, a cheek fracture, and he's going to be out three to four weeks, and then he'll be wearing a mask until f- uh, fully comfortable. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's on one hand, they didn't say anything about concussion, so that's nice. But on the other hand, that's, that's a long time, and that's uh, who knows how he's going to be when he comes back, especially since he's going to have that mask on, that could kind of obstruct you a little bit. And plus that confidence wise, do you go in for those, you know, challenges when you uh, are fearing, you know, another injury like that? Do you guys think it's going to matter? Or do you think we're getting, we need him? I, I think you take your time. I mean, I, I would like to see, um, you know, you hope 
maybe he's back for the Cincinnati game, but like given that, um, you know, given that Kirk will probably have four starts in by then, you know, um, maybe you see how comfortable he's playing and how well he's playing. So I think, I mean, what I saw from Kirk on Saturday, like doesn't worry me. Like I'm not sitting here going like, Oh my gosh, we need Lynn back. Like, like now, um, you know, and I think that's what the same thing, you know, when Morton went out, I was like, okay, well, we'll see what we get from Dan Lind over the next couple of weeks. And, and that didn't worry me at all either. So I was like, okay, well, you know, it's kind of the same thing for me now as I like, you know, Kirk didn't have a bad game and, and didn't make too many mistakes. And so I feel like there's nothing in me that's like, okay, we need Lynn back right now. Because I think as we've kind of talked about all season and as the critics have been from all the other teams have been, well, Lind hasn't been tested. Well, that's not going to change over the next couple of weeks either. You know, Kirk's not going to get any more shots on goals than what Lynn did um, for his time in. So I'm not, I'm not super worried about that quite yet. Um, yeah, no. And, and I think uh, for me, I was just happy to hear that like, okay, you know, Lind will be back for playoffs. Like I think, I think for me, like I, I would, I would feel a little more kind of uneasy if we went to the playoffs with Kirk and uh, that just because I feel like it, it not necessarily even from like an ability level. I, I think Lind has, you know, he, he's been around this team or, or played with this team in big enough matches where I think he kind of, yeah, I, I, to this point now, I feel like, you know, Lind can go into, you know, a Cincy sized stadium packed with 30,000 people and not crack under pressure or anything like that. I think it'd be like a kind of a tall order to ask someone like Kirk to do it. So, um, but I mean, you know, I don't know. He 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 showed some confidence. Maybe maybe I'm selling him a bit too short. But yeah, I'm just I'm just happy that he's not going to be out for the season. Um, I think that's that's pretty pivotal. Uh, but but we'll see. Yeah, I, I I can't remember where I read it. It was either uh, from John on PittsburghSoccer.com uh, now.com or it might have been Jeffrey over at USLNews.com. But I uh, one of them mentioned that it looks like Kerr's going to be out for at least like three weeks as well. Uh, which that one honestly concerns me more. Not that he was getting a lot of starts right now, but the fact that he was just another tool, you know, that he, that uh, Lily had at his disposal, you know, to kind of like figure out a game to uh, break a game down. So not having Kerr, I feel, is a little bit more mm, worrisome. Uh, okay, Justin, do you agree with that or not? I know that you are not always, <laughs> I would go to Kevin, but I'm afraid. So I'm going to go to you, hopefully. <laughs> Um, no, no, I definitely agree with that. I think Kerr, Kerr is, um, as much as I critique Kerr sometimes and, um, you know, don't necessarily always like his play style. Um, he is another, he's a super versatile player. I mean, so you can put him at a, at a 10 in the middle of the field. Um, and he can be that attacking playmaker, but you can also play him out on the wing and he can, he can send some good balls in from the, from the, um, wing, you know, so I, I feel like losing somebody like that, you're losing somebody who can change a game, you know, and I do think as much as I critique Kerr sometimes that he can change a game, you know, he can come in and change the entire point of attack for the Riverhounds, um, or he can start out the game and change the entire, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so I think it's just, you're losing, yeah, you're losing one other option of how you break down a defense and how you play a game. Um, and so, yeah, that one does worry me more. Um, and I think also just having his experience and leadership on the field. I mean, I know you have guys like, you know, Canardo Forbes and, and Joe Greenspan who have experience, but Kerr's, you know, Kerr's been in this league a long time. He's seen a lot of the guys that have 
been on the field playing against him and he's seen them multiple times for multiple different teams probably and so he can really speak into like what's happening on the field and so I I think that also is a is a miss for the Hounds right now. Kevin, I'm guessing you concur. <laughs> I mean, look, no, yeah, I, I agree in the sense that, like, even as I mentioned earlier, you know, I think it gives Lily options. Um, and so I, th- I think, especially for how much Lily kind of sets up for the opposition, um, you know, to have more versatility and, and, and more resources kind of in your toolbox, I think, is, is always a good thing. So, no, I mean, it's it's not great, um, but I, I, I think we can kind of, yeah, I think it's it's not catastrophic either way. Um, but uh, another thing, I, I wanted to go back to Linda real quick. Um, I actually don't know. I mean, do you guys know? I know he's been like chasing down records, and I know he has a couple. But like, has he has he secured like the records he wants to get? No, I mean he's in the race still for Golden Gloves or whatever. Um, but he doesn't necessarily have it at this point. He might have some club records, I think, if I remember right, but he definitely does not have the Golden Glove uh, secured. He was, I think he's still winning it right now, right. but that's not going to necessarily be true down the road if he keeps on missing games. Yeah, it sucks. Off, off <laughs> so, he, yeah. Did, he did set the franchise record for clean sheets in a season. Um, yes. He has that one, um, but he was only, I think, what it was it, three away from breaking the USL season clean sheet record and so i mean we could have had it or he could have had it is it still can is it is, it, out is that regular season does is postseason included in that i wonder i, don't I think it's just regular season Ugh. unfortunately um I, it's also kind of weird because you can say you have the regular season clean sheet record but at the same time the season's beginning longer and longer every year because we've been adding more teams so like at what point does that mean anything like oh you have the clean sheet record most clean sheets but it's like but the season's longer yeah, and I think the other thing it, that I was, like, thinking about, too, is, like, I remember on Saturday night after the game, Charlotte was like, oh, look, Dykstra comes away with his fourth clean sheet of the season. I was like, oh, good, he's only three ahead of Kirk. Like, um, <laughs> And when you think about it, like, I'm pretty sure Morton's three starts were all clean sheets, and then Lind has 11, and then Kirk has one, so we have, like, 15 of them already this season, and it's like, Okay, like, great, you have four. <laughs> I believe the phrase you're looking for is lily ball. Uh, yes, exactly, uh, exactly. What's helping us out? All right, well, we kind of talked this game to death. Let's, let's look forward to uh, Wednesday's match against the Rowdies. It's also at Highmark. Uh, the Rowdies have not been having a good time lately. Uh, I don't know if everyone remembers, but they sacked their coach. I mean, sorry, he stepped down, <laughs> something like that. Uh, and then one of their players, I believe it was Cole, uh, he came off uh, and became the coach. And then they also have a player c- assistant coach now. Uh, regardless, they find themselves eight points outside the playoff spot, and they've... Uh, have only won once in their last five games. So, yeah, it's not looking good. They just lost 2-0 against North Carolina FC, which we you know, just played North Carolina a little bit ago, and that was a fun match to watch. So <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting, but this could be one of those trap games. I mean, we kind of said a lot of the same things about Charlotte and how they haven't been having a great time. So, uh, Kevin, are you worried about this game? Do you think we have this, or what are you thinking? I think, yeah, I mean, so if I remember correctly, Tampa was kind of in that stretch, like that – we had a stretch of three games earlier in the season that were going to be particularly difficult. I think one of them was Tampa away. Um, yeah, I mean, it is crazy how much they kind of fell off, fell off a cliff. Um, I remember, I think, I think we beat them in that game. 
or, or at least got a got a tie. And I remember saying like, yeah, they're they're not going to be like I don't think they'll be in contention for like a top four. But I didn't think they were going to be going away anytime soon. Like they were still a really good club with some really good players. And um, I'm yeah, so I'm super surprised. Uh, I haven't I haven't been paying attention um, to them in, in the table. So to hear that they're that far down, I mean it's it's promising. But like you said, I mean <clears throat> they have it they have it within their ability to kind of yeah play much higher than than their place in the table suggests um so it could be but at the same time i you know there's no reason why we sh- you know we're we're the second place uh, team in, in the east right now we're a very very good team that just had an off game finishing uh finishing wise and um you know th- we have a, we have a lot of games coming up uh, a lot of big games coming up so i think you know, to, to, to kind of put a marker down maybe uh, against Tampa, I think would would be really big, and I I'm I'm expecting us to do that. Yeah, I mean, I am I worried about this game not from the stats, but like I just think there's this tendency to you know you can start to overlook people a little bit, and you're like, well, we've got Indy next week, so um, you know that's going to be a big game. It's in that big stadium. They're going to have ten thousand people there, so you know it's it's a thing. Um, but I think, I mean, I think we should be able to, um, you know, we should be able to come away with three points probably. Um, you know, we went down there in a place that for a lot of it this season and a lot of last season was a hard place to play, um, and got a two, two draw. So I think it's like, you know, we can play them and we can play them well. So I do hope we come out and maybe attack the game a little bit more, um, and try to, you know, get up quickly. Um, and then be able to kind of ride the game out and, and finish the game. So that would be my hope. But, um, you know, I, I do not want us to get into this place of complacency of like, okay, we're here, we're in the playoffs, we're going to get there. And so we can kind of take our foot off the pedal at least. And we've got Indy and Cincy coming up. And, yeah, I hope we don't do that. Yeah, and something else to keep in mind, uh, we, we played them there. It was a 2-2 draw is last time we played them. Um, so it, I'm expecting goals out of this one, at least from us. I feel like we can do it. And I feel like they're on their, you know, they're, they're on the back heel now. They're, they're, the season's not as new as it once was. You know what I mean? Like they, if they are going to get into the playoffs, they need to start ramping it up. We're not going to see them sitting back. I don't think, I don't think they're happy getting a point out of this match. At least they shouldn't be because they, they need all the points they can get to get into the playoffs. So why sit back for this match? Um, it's it's a really good yeah. point too. I mean, like, but I, I don't know. At the same time, you would think Charlotte maybe would have done something similar, and so. But you're right. I mean, now that we're getting closer yeah. to the tail end of the season, with teams who are on that kind of bubble of will they or won't they make the playoffs, you'd hope they at least come out a bit more, and and leave themselves a bit more exposed at the back, and and that can only help us. Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of crazy to say. But I want to say, what, in, in the 2-2 game that we played against them previously, I want to say they got an early goal. Um, and I think that kind of just spurred us on. And as crazy as it, it sounds, I, I think, like, conceding an early goal wouldn't exactly hurt us. I, I, think, I think it would kind of put a certain urgency within us because um, I think we can get a bit, I don't know. I, I mean, I think Brett's kind of mostly had it all season, this kind of determination and sense of urgency and everything that he does. Um, but uh, but I think you know to get everyone up like five minutes in and, and really into it I think ne- wouldn't necessarily be a, a bad thing. But at the same time, what I think uh, uh, Geica mentioned it on the commentary last time 
we haven't conceded a single goal at home in the first half all season, which is crazy. Um, yeah, that stat was weird. I was like, no. <laughs> and I'm like thinking, I'm like looking at the stats, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. Well, yeah, in the last, the two games we lost at home were what? Charleston scored in the 87th minute and Nashville scored in the 83rd or something like that. So it was like, they were late goals. Well, and that's another thing. I, I'm, I'm hoping that, that this will play into our favor. If you look now, now obviously going down to 10 men ha- has an influence on this. But as soon as the final whistle blew against Charlotte, like, I don't know, at least on TV, there was like three or four other players just dropped their knees. Like, they were tired. You could tell they were just really tired. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it, coming to the end of a long season, if we can continue to kind of grind teams down, especially at home, you know, maybe a, a couple more late goals are going to start going in as the kind of fitness levels drops um, for, for the away team coming to Highmark. All right. Good guys, put you on the spot here. Uh, predictions, Justin. Uh you go ahead and go first. What do you think this match is going to end up as? I'm going to say two nothing. I think we'll fix it on the you know not that we gave up a goal this this time, but I think there was some mistakes on the defensive end even this time. But I think we can you know we can fix it, and I think um, you know Nico is not going to be off forever, um, so I think he'll he'll figure it out. So I think two nothing. Good. Yeah, my only worry is I don't know if Nico plays this game. I mean. He has been playing a lot of the games recently, and I think ever since Parks was subbed off in like the 30th minute in one of those games, I forget which one. Um, you know, he hasn't he hasn't really been featured. Um, so maybe we see a Chin or a Parks um, playing playing in this game, which eh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it kind of brings up the the concern we talked about previously. We stopped talking about it for a while um, because more goals started to go in. But uh, you know. A weakness for us all season have been most of the goals have come from Nico and not much not from not much from anywhere else. So, I, th- I think if if we are you know if we're going to rely on one goal or two goals from Nico, it could be a bit iffy. Um, but yeah, I, I think someone someone finds a way. I'll go with a one no win. That's a very good point. I didn't even think about the fact that it is a Wednesday game, but we don't play another game until next Wednesday. We have the weekend off, so it's not like they're resting legs for that game. So I, I think we see, yeah, I think we see uh, Nico. Um, so I, with that in mind, two zero, I I do feel like that's that's doable. Uh, it would be nice for Kirk to get another clean sheet under his belt, um, just to kind of like get that confidence up. And uh, like we said about the last game, he he played really well when he was tested and uh, came out of the box and. Uh, I I thought maybe leaving that match uh, on Saturday, I, not being able to see the game from you know a good vantage point from the Seal Army section, I thought maybe our defense sat back more because they were trying to protect uh, Kirk. But watching that game again today, nah, that, I I don't think that was the case. I think Kirk has hold his own, and I feel pretty confident there. So uh, getting a clean sheet is not out of the question. Um, but yeah, so after that game, we have. Uh, Indy 11 the following Wednesday, so a week after that, uh, and that is going to be in Indy. Uh, so no matches over the weekend, but there are a couple games that you probably want to keep an eye on. One is going to be the Battery versus the Red Bulls. Battery are in third place right now, only a point behind us, so that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, you know, definitely hoping for the Red Bulls to win that one. Um, but the Red Bulls are also, you know, they're on the hunt as well they're at 35 points and we're at what 44 so it's kind of gotta be worried about them as well Bat- battery um, to be versus... home in that game maybe maybe yes i believe yeah, so yeah. that's not great 
<laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, Rowdies versus Cincy is also that weekend, and uh, Cincy, yeah, they're in first, and they're they're seven points ahead of us. But you gotta keep in mind, we have a game in hand on them, and we face them two times this uh, rest of the season. So right there alone is nine points that we can, you know, clinch against them. So that's very possible that we can't catch up to them. Um, actually, let's, let's pause right there because we didn't really talk about this yet. Uh, do we feel like that we should be rooting for? So over this weekend, um, the battery played Cincy and Cincy won. Is that a good result for us? Do we do we mind Cincy going up farther in the points uh, as long as it keeps Charles uh, Charleston from you know getting our second place position, which is a possibility of like two or three home games in the playoffs? Uh, Kevin. What do you think? Yeah, I, I in that game, I, I was happier with the Cincy win. I, I kind of take the mentality of the quicker we can kind of reduce this to like a two-horse race, um, especially with us playing them twice more, I think the better. Um, you know, it, it's, if, if we kind of, I don't know, I just, I, I, I'm never comfortable with the kind of feeling of, okay, there's three teams and they're all kind of even in the pot. And now we have to kind of get ahead of two teams. Like I, I like the idea of just kind of isolating everything out. No, let's get rid of the battery. Let's let's you know hope that they drop further down the table, and let's just have this be a Pittsburgh Cincy conversation. And then you know, kind of it, it builds up even more around those games. I mean, this game's going to be huge anyway. Um, but but if it's consistently going to be the first and second place team battling it out twice more in the season, I think it's I think it's more important. So yeah, I'm I'm. Ew, ew. I'm going to say I was rooting for Cincy, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Can't say that. You're not allowed to say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a hard one Justin. for me. I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit at the game on Saturday night. I think it's hard for me to decide that based on, like, our result. Um, and so because that game wasn't that game like half an hour behind ours, so it's like they were still playing when we finished and we got a draw. So then I was like, well we're losing spots on Cincy if they win the game, but then Charleston's in front of us. So it's like, it is hard. I wish we would have won. Cause then it would have make easier for me to be like, yeah, I wish since he would have won. Cause that makes distance and everything else. So it's hard. You know, I just, as long as we keep winning, I'm not concerned. Um, if we start drawing and losing games, then I'll be concerned. But as long as we start winning and keep winning and getting, getting points, I'm not going to be too concerned because we do have those two games against Cincy. Yeah, it's 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 interesting uh, because Charlotte has or not Charlotte uh, Charleston Battery have two games. We have two games in hand on them at this point as well. So yeah, they're a point behind us, but at the same time, they have you know we have more games to play than they do. So it, it's it's not as close as I feel like it actually is. So if I'm like just thinking logically, I'm like okay, yeah, I we can still get Cincy. So Cincy getting points is never good. Um, but at the same time, I am kind of happy to have a little bit of a buffer between us and Charleston, uh, just because that's it's gonna suck if they if they get second place. If we can stay in second, um, the way the playoffs work is you know the the higher seed gets home field advantage. So if we're in second place, that that means at at least two home games. Yeah. So I mean, Kev, that's a big deal. Kev said earlier in the podcast he doesn't want to send Lind into Cincy in the playoffs, but we know that's not gonna happen because Cincy's gonna lose the first round anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if since he gets knocked out uh, early, like they always do, um, that means we, uh, you know, probably have pretty much all the games at home, which would be fantastic. So it, it's it, it would be a pleasant surprise. So second place is definitely important, but I, I feel like we're good enough to to compete for first place. So we should 
go for it. You know what I mean? All right. Well, uh, that's pretty much all we have for that game. I don't think there's really anything else there. Uh, Some other things, some housekeeping to go through here is uh, Steel Army. We actually have a carpool going to Harrisburg uh, for the September 26th match. Uh, if you are interested in going, uh, if you go to our Twitter page, the Steel Army's Twitter page, you can actually, at the very top of it, it's pinned our Discord channel. Go on to Discord. There's a whole channel there where we're all planning rides. I think we have about four or five cars going up at this point. We're sitting at probably about 15 to 20 people. Uh, yeah, more the better. This is a Wednesday game. This is a game that we all thought no one was going to be able to show up to just because it's a weekday game. Uh, in fact, we kind of figured that's why they made it a Wednesday game because Harrisburg never seems to be happy to see us when we're there. I don't know why. Uh, so yeah, it's also important because this will be deciding the, um, Keystone cup, but it also will be deciding the old guard shield. So it's a possibility if we win this game, we get both of those that night. Um, so it's, it's pretty huge. So if you can come out to it, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Justin, you're going, I believe, right? Yes, I am for sure. <laughs> are you going back that night or are you going to spend the night i'm going to go back that night Maybe. yeah i'm spending the night if, if we win i don't trust myself at uh i forget the name of that pub but uh <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to be able to drive home i'll hang out so, for a little uh, bit but I'm, I'm hoping at least one other person in my car stays sober so that i have a backup driver on the way home <laughs> <laughs> well good luck with that yeah good uh, luck with that seriously uh, a little, yeah. a little side note too. Um, so down here in Knoxville, I just, I just ran into, or, or met a new colleague of mine, and they were like, "Hey, I'm from Harrisburg," and they were like, "It's not that great of a city." And I was like, "Yeah, it's not. <laughs> we, we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're aware." <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS USL in the U.S. Soccer. Uh, get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. If you're looking for more great Pittsburgh soccer news, head over to pittsburghsoccernow.com. And if you're looking for the latest on the US, on other USL teams, head over to bgn.fm and check out the other podcasts that are there. You can follow us on Twitter at mongols and womongols and email us at mongols at bgn.fm. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, and leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought of this show. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Cheers. Later. Later. (laughs) Can't can't say later. Sorry. (laughs) Before you go, please help us to keep doing what we're doing by becoming a supporter of the show. Head over to mongols.com and click on the Become a Supporter button. For as little as $1 per month, just $1, you can help keep the show commercial-free while also getting a say in who we interview, the questions we ask, what we talk about, and you can get some sweet gear as well. Thanks again to all of our listeners for your continued support. That's mongols.com. Click on become a supporter. Mongols.com. Become a supporter. Thanks.